0: Welcome to Brands Made Meaningful, conversations with the team at Susner about how purposeful branding inspires unity, identity, and powerful change for growth minded organizations.
1: Today, we're talking about breathing life into a brand that is old or a brand that has great history. People love tradition, especially when they're in the leadership role. They love the idea of we've done a lot of great things in the past. And I think that when we build a brand, we have to be mindful of that. And so today I wanted to talk about that. How do we, how do we revitalize? How do we energize? How do we help bring a brand to the modern day? But how do we do that while respecting and leveraging the pieces of the past to help us build authority Tell a great story that's unique to us. Most
0: of the work that we do here at Susner falls underneath what we call brand refresh. Some people would say rebrand. I hesitate to say rebrand, which is topical for this conversation because rebrand implies throwing everything away and starting from scratch yeah. versus leveraging all the good stuff and then figuring out how to tell a future forward-facing story for whatever it is that you're organizations trying to do so we, we have these conversations often where the the client or the organization acknowledges that they have an op- they have some sort of an opportunity or a challenge to overcome typically they're looking to grow or they're looking to take that next step and so brand they and they acknowledge that their brand um, and all the things that that brand reputation encompasses need to be part of their business strategy in achieving that growth But especially if they have a history or any 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 legacy at all, as they should be, they're very protective of what they've built, what they've grown, and
1: their history. I'm gonna break this down really quickly. So when we please do. Yeah, I'm not gonna break down what you're talking about. I'm breaking (laughs) down what we do here as our process. Our process goes into three big chunks, just if anyone's never hasn't listened to a podcast yet. We do a strategy chunk, which includes our discovery phase, includes building out the brand strategy. How are we going to, what perception do we wanna create and how are we gonna do that? Then we go into our development chunk, which includes two parts, which is our auditing phase, which goes, what's currently here? What can we leverage? And then after that we go, okay, what needs to be created? And then we create those things. And then we go into our activation phase, which is like, how do we put all these things into work, into real life, all those. But what we're talking about today is really that first piece of the second phase which is auditing our current assets whether it's our tagline whether it's our logo whether it's any of those pieces that we use across our marketing and our internal brand and say what is our strategy and what's helping us do that right now and what's not helping us do that right now and if we can understand those things then it becomes really clear of like what do we need to create or what do we need to bring back from the past to create that perception.
0: So in this case, we're in a phase now where we know who we are, we know who our customers are, we know what we do, we understand the opportunity that we have in the market, but something's stalled, stuck so that in that activation phase, when we're reviewing everything and we, to to say what's working, what's not. Oh, in the, yeah. In the development phase. Now that we're in that, and now we're in this audit phase to say what's been successful. What's no longer resonating? What
1: do we need to be thinking about doing in a new way um, to take us to the next step? So most people, and I feel like we say this a lot on a lot of episodes, most people come to us and go, I don't like this, or I think I have a problem. Can I just get a new logo? Can you guys just design a new logo for us? And the answer is, well, we could do that, but I don't know if yours isn't working yet because I don't know what strategy is in place. And sometimes clients come to us with a strategy and they say, here's the brand we're trying to create, here's the perception we're trying to mold ourselves into and here's why and here's the audience that we're going after. But if we, once we do that, then it's time to ask the critical questions of, do we look the way we need to look? Do we sound the way we need to sound in order for us to create the correct thought in someone else's head? And I think then then it comes in and goes, what from our past helps us do that before we do anything else there's a saying that we say that
0: i say all the time that says your your brand story is not your history yeah and that's not entirely accurate you know it might be more of a modification that says your entire brand story is not only your yeah. history because of course your history we're we're turning 25 next year as an organization there is a history that of where we came from that got us to where we are today, to why we think the way that we do, to to why we've chosen to serve the types of customers that we serve, that's all important. But to the people that you're looking to join you that aren't already on board um, as customers, as employees and staff, I just don't think that that history is as important to them as it is to you. So what can we pull? So the whole point of the conversation, I believe, is, How do we not throw all that history away? How do we not turn our back on it? How do we not reinvent the whole thing, but, but how do we take all of the good stuff and use it in the right way as we move forward? And we
1: have clients that come at it from both ends. There's, we have a certain type of client that'll come to us and say, throw it all away, we're going to start from scratch, which is music to some people's ears. For us, that seems like we're jumping the gun. There are other clients that say, don't touch anything, just make me better. And that's also very hard because it's like, how do we change if we're not, if how do we improve ourselves if we're not going to change at all? And it's a stigma working
0: with any creative agency people. Yeah. There's a, there's a stereotype or a stigma. I'm not sure what the right uh, way to describe that is that when you hire a creative firm to help you, that they, that for them to feel that they're successful with you, they're going to need to throw everything away and start from scratch. And that's, that's a misnomer. That's at least anybody who's doing the right, doing right by you. That's not how they're going to approach it. Yeah.
1: Before we jump into how and how this all works, I kind of want to talk about why, like why would you want to maintain some of these key aspects for those of you who are start from scratch people, by the way, I am a start from scratch person by nature. So I have come a long way to not say that. So For those of you who are start by scratch, start from scratch, why is it important for us to maintain some of these pieces as we've grown as a brand? And even in like something that's maybe 10, 15 years old, why would we keep it? First and foremost is to maintain... Everything that you've worked so hard
0: for—that's gotten you to this place. If you're 10 or 15 years old as an organization, you've done a lot of things right. Maybe you've got a little lucky along the way, but for
1: for most of the reasons, you are successful. So there's
0: credit you've built
1: credibility to your brand. And think about the 50 year old organizations or the 75, 100 year old organizations. That credibility is bigger and bigger and bigger. It has that level of we have tradition. It gives us a great increased value from a customer's mind to say that's good authority right there. You've built, you've spent a lot of effort building and protecting your reputation. Yeah. And then, and, and we're going to maintain and build on that reputation that you've, that you've earned. The second one is that it, it maintains authenticity, right? There's kind of something powerful about knowing where you came from and having that be a part of the story you like to tell why have you come from this place and and where are you going is really important and i think that what we try to do is maintain the idea of where we're going instead of how we got here but i still think they're both really important that authenticity piece is also a great it it creates relatability
0: and we don't work with fortune 100 companies so being relatable to an organization that size is outside of the scope of what we're talking about today but for the for most of the people in the size of companies and organizations and golf clubs and sporting goods brands that we work with to to share the story of how you got there and where you came from and your story and what part of the country you're from or why why how did you get here i mean imagine everybody being on a we're all on a professional sports team now everybody started the game was introduced to the game in a certain way and then and then cut their teeth coming up in a certain league and we all went to different high schools and different colleges or etc in this analogy to get
1: to where we are today and that's the fabric of what's kind of created us as human beings for anyone who is listening that's a fortune 100 company don't just ignore us derek come on Jeez, you, it's still valuable. Because if you do, we're going to throw all of it away yeah. and start from scratch. Just kidding. Um, the third one is it promotes this uniqueness. I mean, not everyone has the ability to talk about or show where they've come from. And everyone comes from somewhere else. We did an exercise with a client um, in a workshop last week, 35 people in this workshop. And the exercise was to tell us about their first car not one person had the same first car for 35 people that's how i feel about brands not everyone starts the same way and you might feel like it's not unique you might feel like it's just nothing to talk about but there is history there that is unique to what has made your organization the way it is now and that there's a level of power that you get when you start understanding the the decisions that were made in early time and, and how you got to here that uniqueness can really pull together um, a really nice differentiated brand.
0: It will, it it can be a big part of what will help you not only stand out against the competition, but it might be
1: experience that you're able to leverage to, we, we always say it gives you the right to win. The last reason why people should not just throw everything away is that if you keep some of these traditional elements, it could increase your visual distinction in the marketplace because of everyone's trying to modernize we just talked about this with a, like a luxury brand they everyone tries to modernize in the same way they start looking the same and it starts being like you're not anything different than anyone else so by pulling these in you kind of maintain this or, like older world feel to say we we have a unique brand but we're also going to be different than everybody else because if you just modernize on the same styles it starts to kind of blend all together yeah it's and this is um you know from a creative you're talking specifically about look
0: um in the creative audit when we look at not only what are our current assets um, we look at who our competition, what our competition's doing and if all of our competition are telling a a very certain aesthetic uh, their story through a very certain aesthetic to where they all start to look the same then we're going to do something else we're going to look different we're going to be different if everybody's gonna be modern, we might be throwback. If everybody's currently throwback, we might be cutting edge. If everybody's gonna be loud, we might be quiet, etc. But it's an opportunity for us. As long as we're doing it authentically
1: to ourselves, it's our chance to to be distinct. How can someone know if they've gone down the route of wow, we've kind of lost all of our tradition here. We've lost we've we've lost the ability to tell that really good deep story that spans across years what, what what are some signs having employees
0: and staff that won't wear your branded gear there's this sort of loss of relevance you'll hear people use the word tired outdated our pro shops not selling as much stuff our fans aren't buying as much of our gear
1: and that goes both ways so you're talking about specifically like you've hung on to the traditional elements for too long and it feels tired and outdated and people won't wear our swag And I'm thinking of the opposite way. Our new stuff just doesn't speak to our employees. It doesn't speak to our new audience. We can't get people to really resonate with it. It's all just built just as a me too building of it. We're we're modernizing because we just feel like we have to versus being the right way of modernizing. So that loss of relevance kind of goes both ways. It's interesting. Yeah, if you you modernize just for the sake of modernizing
0: and what you end up doing is um, following the lead of a competitor in the industry, if you do if you don't do that strategically thoughtfully and purposefully you might miss and if you yeah. miss then that new brand will be completely irrelevant
1: for your for your audience we had this conversation with one of the professional sports teams we've worked with and it was how do we keep ourselves fresh without alienating the people that love us right now and love to wear our emblems and love to wear like they resonate so deeply with what we currently look like how do we change without losing them that's a huge challenge Um, it's not one that can easily be solved overnight either so the second one is inconsistent messaging so maybe and i say messaging like just the way you're telling your story this could be visual this could be verbal but the idea that you kind of don't walk a good line of here's where tradition fits in that and here's where innovation fits in that but you're just telling very odd stories at different times so maybe you're talking all about innovation and how different and how modern and all these other things but you look super traditional because you're not comfortable losing that kind of older look to you. That inconsistency can make it feel confusing for people when they come to websites or they come to see sales materials or things like that. Inconsistency will kill a brand. I don't think we can
0: overemphasize the importance of being disciplined and consistent with your brand, with how you show up, with how you look, with how you talk, with how you how you present yourself. It's back to that um, reputation quote. Your Your reputation precedes anything. John DeJulius had this great quote that said, lose the sale before you lose your reputation. And my layer on top of that is to maintain that reputation requires consistency.
1: Yeah, and that consistency can be hard for a lot of people. Like I think of, we've worked with marketing teams that have come back to us and say, we're going to change all of this, but we're not going to change this one thing because the CMO really likes it. And that really liking that one thing is like, what is that doing there? Because it doesn't fit with everything else that we're talking about. It doesn't fit into what we're trying to accomplish.
0: And that, you know, I'm jumping to the solve, but it's just, it's that is because you haven't figured out strategically what your story is. You haven't figured out what the right blend of, The history and the traditions of where you came from, what role those components play in your current and
1: future facing story. Yeah. And what role you play in your customer story or your fan story, those kind of things, they seem so simple and they seem so obvious, but those should be the driving factors behind those brand assets. If you have a tagline that you love and adore but it doesn't really help you tell that greater story, then what are we doing about it? That that kind of inability to move on can really hurt you down the road. That I think that leads to the third point of red flag is marketing stagnation. Like when you fail to adapt to change in preferences and change in what they think what you think you need to be. If you fail to change those traditions, then you can really sit in this kind of tired and hard to, hard to resonate with people because you're just stagnant. You're not doing anything different. You keep running the same ads. You keep telling the same stories. You keep coming out with the same catalogs and it just all kind of looks the same and you just feel, feel like there's nothing happening. That's where people start becoming blind to your marketing and that's hard.
0: And you lose, the, you lose engagement. You lose the thing that makes you special. You lose all the good stuff that creates,
1: you know, your unique, interesting personality. That's kind of a good bridge to the last one is disconnection from heritage. When it's to say you don't understand where you were or you have people there that love where you came from and you don't want to talk about it at all. Or you used to be this brand, but now you're this brand and you're just going to ignore that. That's hard to ignore. Heritage is a really, really complex thing to to say you don't know where your roots are or you're not interested in talking about where you come from.
0: I apologize for going down the golf analogy again. Um,
1: <laughs> but
0: we're talking with a golf club that's 100, uh, over 100 years old and yeah. an incredibly historic, very rich history. The architect who originally designed this course is prolific you know, amongst you know, the best of the best. Well, after a hundred years, things change. Trees grow, management, you know, different people come in generation after generation and put their own touch on something. They might fix something because something wasn't working right. They might uh, plant some trees that um, would cosmetically help something out. And then all of a sudden, whatever, 50, 80, 100 years go by, and now you've ended up with In this case a golf course that no longer represents the intention of what created it and made it special in the first place and you see this all the time now where there's this huge movement where people are finding you know aerial photographs and historical blueprints and they're restoring them back to the way that they were but with updates that make it contemporary because the way that golf courses were designed a hundred years ago the game and equipment has changed yeah. you know massively in a hundred years and a hundred year old golf course would not be relevant today so they're doing that blend of capturing its historical relevance and importance but presenting it in a way that makes it contemporary and healthy Um, there's a level
1: of timelessness that needs to come into these brands and that's where you start losing a little bit of this when people start start moving in the direction of we're gonna be we're gonna refresh our brand every three years based on the trends based on what everyone likes at the time and then by the time you hit 10 15 years down the road it's like you don't you just look like a me too brand you just look like everyone else but you have no sense of wow, we've done a lot in this space. We've done a lot. We've served a lot of people and we've done a lot of really great work. There's a lot there to tell, but I love it when they tie everything back to the same reason why, right? And that's what gets it really good. And I think we're moving into like, how can you solve this problem is if you figure out your deep emotional through line that comes through all of these and that that's the big why, it helps you celebrate the past. It helps you... Say, we've done this and we've done this and we're now going to do this because we believe blank. We believe in challenging the status quo and that's, that's relevant because we've done it throughout our entire history and here are the reasons why. So you can see how we've evolved over time. That's much more meaningful than we were a printing company that's always going to be a printing company we always will be a printing company. But that's not feasible but to say we believe in deep communication or whatever that example is at least helps you connect your core values your traditions all together in this nice nice through line to say we change just as markets change and that's natural but we still come for the same reason why i love
0: i love the concept of celebrating our heritage and our values and not celebrating our process and how we do it. I love celebrating and hanging on to the why and, and not the how, because I think the how has to evolve.
1: But I'm going to move on to the next part in here. If you're going to celebrate the past, that's amazing. But I believe you have to tell a future first story, which we've run into lots of challenges getting people to this point, but to say it's amazing. And you said this first, your history is not your story. I would say I agree, but Your traditions are not your story either. Your story is where you're going. And our past helps us celebrate where we've been, but it doesn't help us dictate where we're going. And those are huge points to miss. So if you're not telling a future first story, then you could be stuck in this idea of we're going to hold on to things as for as long as possible. And it's going to be really hard to move on.
0: Like we've said, where you came from is incredibly critical to you and and as part of your story the past you know there, there's great sayings like if you know if we don't study the past we're doomed to repeat the same problems. Yeah. so we're learning from our past the past is critical but it's past tense yeah your history and your heritage already happened and it's hard for your customers and your employees to see themselves in a future when you're only talking about where you've been so that's that forward-looking future first Your story can have elements of where you've been, of course,
1: Mm -hmm. but it needs to talk about where you're going. People might be like, how? How do you do that? Um, That's where the next part comes in. You need to have a strategy. If anything, you need to have an asset strategy. And what I mean by asset strategy is what do we need to create the perception we, we want? And I'm saying assets would be visual things like, Colors and patterns and logos and textures and all those great pieces that you're going to use all over the place. And then verbal would be like, what's our messaging look like? What do we say? How do we say it? What's our tone? Those type of things. If you don't have a strategy for keeping those fresh, it's going to be really hard for you to understand which ones to keep and which ones to evolve over time. It just becomes more and more effective when you have the difficult conversations about what are we all about? Who are we? Where are we going? If you know all those things, then putting this strategy together is really easy. It's easy, but it needs to be
0: comprehensive. And it's and, and like I said before,
1: once you've laid that strategy out, then it needs to be consistent. Yeah. That's where you're lean on your team members to say when we find something, we gotta change it, when things happen. it's a brand is like it's like a weed. It gets everywhere. Right. And so you're like, God, I think it's how a, did that it's come a, up? If it's a, I think it's fruit bearing,
0: though.
1: A, a weed Stop being sucks, so positive, sucks Derek. the life out of everything. This isn't positivity corner oh. with Derek Sussner. This is reality. Okay. So when we're going through this and we have a good strategy, the things fall through the cracks. So it's figuring out, you would be shocked how many different logos people have and how many different places they are. And it's going to come up and it's a matter of just having a strategy for implementing those across different things. The last one is implement two-way audience discussions. When, When we work with the best brands we've ever worked with, it's when we have open communication between the people we're trying to work with and the high level of the marketing team or the see the sea level and they have an understanding of who is our customer who is our audience what do they want from us they like these things they don't like these things you get in a little bit of the balance of should we listen or should we lead our customers and we've done a conversation on that in the past it's super interesting should we be moving them forward and have them follow us or should we be always following what they say i don't think that there's a right or a wrong it's kind of a mixture of both but that two-way audience discussion is so important for understanding what is connecting with people what's resonating what's not and then moving forward effectively is going to be way easier and the result's not going to be all or nothing. There's a nuanced
0: layered solution to this that's part of that strategy. This uh, football team that we work with has identified at a minimum six different profiles of their customers, their fans. Yeah. And each one of those customers wants something different. There, there's a through line between all of them. There's something that they all want, that they all have in common. But then you get into the layers of the, and there and, and by the way, There's a history component and a legacy component of this brand that is important to all of them, but the quantity of that historic story is more important to some of those customers than others. And there are some of those history components that can never go away because they are part of
1: the fabric of the organization. Exactly. Yeah. and, And that's important. It's really important to keep those things together but you can't keep everything together all the time. Final, final thoughts here before we move on to a different topic. Um, I think that tradition is a super powerful asset. It can be leveraged in crazy, crazy ways, in the best ways sometimes. It gives you great authority, helps you tell the story of where you've come from and why you're here in the first place. But I think that it needs to be balanced with innovation. And when you come back to somebody and say, we're changed, we're always changing, but we'll always be rooted and grounded in the same reason why every single time you have that leverage, the power that you can give them. You can honor your tradition
0: without being traditional. You can, you can be contemporary and modern while still uh, respecting and leveraging all the important components of your history so that you are continuing to make new histories and grow your legacy because it isn't it hasn't stopped if you're if you're still in business
1: you're still working you're still growing um and you're still evolving yeah and when you do that you resonate better with customers you build really good authenticity within your brand and you differentiate yourself from competitors they just don't have the the way they can't compete with you on your history that's just not possible Couldn't have said it better myself. I know. All right. Let's uh, sign off and we'll talk to everyone a little bit later. See you next time. Bye.
0: Susner is a branding firm specializing in helping companies make a meaningful mark. Guiding marketing leaders working to make their brand communicate better, stand out, and engage audiences to grow their business. For more, visit Susner.com.